Living with Diabetes, a podcast from Diabetes Victoria with Jack Fitzpatrick. Hello, one and all. Thanks for tuning in to the official Diabetes Victoria podcast. This is a great forum for those of us impacted by diabetes, whether it be directly or indirectly, to discuss ideas, share stories and build our diabetes community. I'm Jack Fitzpatrick, ex-Melbourne and Hawthorne AFL player and current Diabetes Victoria ambassador. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge your traditional custodians of the Kulin Nations, where we are recording from today, as well as all the lands across Australia, and pay my respects to all Elders past and present, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening in. We have a very exciting podcast today in the wake of some announcements that you have likely heard over the last couple of weeks in the build-up to the federal election. Um, the coalition's election commitment, which the ALP has agreed to match, people who are not currently eligible would be required to pay $32.50 per month to access CJM, Continuous Glucose Monitoring Technology. Having said that, it's been a lot in the media, but even as an ambassador, I myself must admit I'm not fully across what this means for those of us living with or impacted by diabetes. So we have a very special guest Renza Shabilia from Diabetes Australia to talk us through this and the other federal election asks, Renza, how are you going? Oh, look, I'm super well because we're going to talk about bipartisanship and that makes me very happy. How are you going, Jack? Yes, I am absolutely terrific. I must admit, this is an exciting announcement and I can promise the people listening in, this will not be a political podcast. This is purely the facts about what happens the moment uh, or the moment the date comes because We've been promised the same thing from both sides. And as you said, it's not very often this happens in politics. So this is not going to be political. This is purely about how this impacts us uh, as people living with diabetes or those impacted by diabetes. As I said, um, our access to continuous glucose monitoring or CGM technology, friends, I, I think this is just terrific. It is. And look, you're right, we don't need to be political because we have a promise from the coalition, from the ALP and from the Greens. So I think that when we have everybody on the same page, not only is it a very rare thing in politics, but it's a really great thing. And and this is especially great for people with um, type 1 diabetes. So uh, I know that there's a lot of excitement out there. We are very, very excited. Um, I've got to say, detail is a little bit thin on the ground, but we've got the high level um, promise, what it what it means at that level and what we're expecting. Um, so we can certainly talk about that, but uh, unfortunately we don't have a, this is exactly what it's going to look like and everybody, you know, we can promise that, that, that you know, we can we can map it out for you exactly. But we've got, you know, we can talk about what, what the promise was and, and, and where we go from there. I think that's a great place to start. Before we we do, though, I mean, CGM, I mean, you probably have heard about it, you've read about it. Some people may use it already. Um, It is quite expensive if you don't sort of qualify for, is it the subsidy? I guess it's it's fair to call it. I mean, I personally don't. Um, I have used it at times myself. um, But again, it is an incredibly expensive thing. Do you use it or have you used it, Renz? Yeah, I do. I use it all the time, actually, and I haven't been eligible for the NDSS CGM initiative as it stands now. So it's very, very exciting. It is. And I, you know, I speak to so many people, whether it be athletes or anyone living with diabetes and, and whatnot. And I think anyone who uses CGM technology is so positive about it and the impact it has on their diabetes and their, their confidence in their diabetes management. So let's get to that promise. What exactly has been announced by both parties? Come, what, what date is it due to kick in either way, Renz? 
Well, when the coalition made their announcement, they said the 1st of July. So that is, I guess, the date that we have heard. Um, and the ALP has said that they were, you know, that they're, they were really happy to match what was announced. So I guess we can say 1st of July, um, if, as with everything, it is a watch this space for, for those details that are really, really important. Um, but I think one of the things that let's just be really positive and clear about, and that is that we have had bipartisan support for CGM before. So back in 2016 at, at a federal election, both the coalition and the ALP said, if we get in, we will um, promise that there will be CGM funding. Now, the coalition, their promise was it would be funding for under-21s and the ALP said it was going to be broader, it was going to be not determined by age but relied reliant on uh, clinical need or determined by clinical need. Now, we know the coalition got in and absolutely what happened, we got our CGM initiative for under-21s. So I know that there are a lot of people who are saying it's just an election promise, it doesn't mean anything. I think we can feel confident that the promise has been made so that this, so this will be rolled out to mean that all people with type 1 diabetes will have eligibility for subsidised CGM. Um, but as you said, there are a lot of people, there are about half the people I think with um, type 1 diabetes now are eligible for the subsidy. There are a lot of people who haven't been, who are using it or who would like to be using it or who are using it sporadically when they can afford it because it is, you're right, it is expensive to use. Um, so the, the very idea that there will be a copay still but it most of it has been, um, will be funded under this initiative is really good news and very reassuring um, for a lot of people. And it is, you're right, that, that expensive. I mean, we're talking a couple of hundred dollars a month, um, depending sort of which CGM you use. And of course, there are different types and, and different brands, I guess you would call them. Um, but we're looking now at a price that will fall somewhere along the lines of what it would cost for you to use your standard strip sort of testing. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess that that's, you know, there's always such fancy modelling um, by people who have far smarter maths brains than I do uh, that look at exactly what it's going to be and what the equivalent is and where, where other savings can be um, taken. And so, yes, the idea is that um, it would probably be the equivalent of if you are doing, you know, what's recommended, which is four to five glucose checks, uh, blood glucose checks a day, I think. So what the, um, what the announcement is is that there would be a maximum monthly out-of-pocket cost for the person with diabetes of $32.50. So if you're looking at what people are paying now, it's, you know, if you're using one particular brand, it's about $330 a month. Uh, another one, it's about almost $200 a month and another one I think it's also about $200 a month. So this is significantly, significantly less than what people are paying. It's going to mean that there's a maximum cost of about $400 a year instead of between three and 4000 which is, you know, that, that's going to make a big difference to people. That is enormous. So is. down from a couple of hundred dollars to just over $30 a month. I mean, that is, yeah. that is huge. It is, and it will mean the difference from people being able to use it and not being able to use it. Now, I should just point out that if um, people are currently eligible for the CGM initiative, so just really quickly that criteria, it's if you're under 21 years, 
years with type 1 diabetes, if you are, are planning for or if you are pregnant and then shortly after having had a baby and also if you are on a healthcare card, there is currently no copay. So people um, receive fully subsidised CGM. That will be continuing. That's not going to change. So this is for the people who have not had eligibility until now. They now will be able to access CGM at that heavily subsidised price. That is enormous. So obviously, yeah. you know, you talk about we use a, a young adult sort of coming up to that age of, from being under 21 and, and they haven't had to pay for their CGM. And we see a lot in the media these days where, you know, people talking about having to pay for something that essentially saves their life or, or you know, can make their life so much easier. And mm-hmm. again, there have been so many people recently or, or in the past who have reached that age of 21 and can't afford the CGM because there are other you know, for whatever reasons, and they have to change their management, which is, as we know, it, it's it's not as simple as changing from one tablet to another with diabetes. There is so much more that goes into it, the confidence, the continuousness of it, as we said. So these people will go from having it free still and they, they're not impacted, but when they are no longer eligible, again, it could be a mother who, you know, has just had a child and sort of loses that eligibility, it will be no more than that $32.50. That, that is incredible. I, I'm so It is, that. I know. And just think about it. So see the CGM, the initiative, NDSS CGM initiative, started out in 2017. That's five years ago now. Can you imagine if you were diagnosed in that time or if during that time you were a young person and all you have used is CGM, suddenly to get to 21 and you're booted out of the subsidy, you've aged out and you can't, simply can't afford to continue using it, having to go to use glucose monitoring. Now, look, blood glucose, there is nothing wrong with blood glucose monitoring. Let's be really clear about that. But if that's not what you're used to and you have been managing your diabetes a certain way, it's very, very difficult to have to pivot straight away and to have that choice taken away from you. And that's where we've been for quite some time. So, look, I think that what what we saw, it was back on Easter that this announcement was made, was a really momentous announcement from the coalition and within an hour the ALP had matched it. But what this has shown is the power of advocacy. Um, yep. I love it when people say, oh, this is great, you know, it's so good, you've, you know, you've been advocating for this for a couple of years and I just look at them and I say CGM's been in Australia for 15 years. This is 15 years of hard work, maybe not quite 15, but it's certainly over 10. And it's over 10 years of hard work, advocacy, lobbying. It is, you know, peak um, bodies, whether it be Diabetes Australia and JDRF and also professional bodies like the Australian Diabetes Society and the Australian Diabetes Educators Association, the Australian Paediatric Endocrine Group and the Australian Diabetes and Pregnancy Society all coming together on top of all the amazing work that's being done by people out in the community, you know, regular punters who are out there every day living with diabetes, who have been writing letters and speaking to their local members of parliament and, you know, speaking to the media. What an incredible effort that just shows the power of community and the power of community advocacy. But it's been a slow burn. So there were, look, I will tell you, there were victory dances along with tears in my house when uh, when this was announced on Easter while I was, you know, organising an Easter egg hunt. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's incredible news. It's just incredible news. 
It is. And to talk about that, I suppose, the tears and the victory dances. I mean, yeah. firstly, you know, to, to reiterate what you said, this is not to say there's anything wrong with blood glucose monitoring. I mean, I still do that personally myself. That's course, the way absolutely. I manage it. It's what I'm comf- comfortable with. And this is not trying to push people one way or another and you do Definitely what works not. for you. But it's yeah. just the fact that it was un- it was went for something that was available to some people and then not available to some people. And, and I recall it was about a month before, probably less, a month before Easter, um, I was talking to someone who is in my diabetes network, someone who lives with type 1 diabetes, and they actually were saying that their situation will change. And as of mm-hmm. the 1st of July, funnily enough, um, they will no longer be able to be subsidised for their ah, CGM. Right. And they, I spoke to them on the phone and they were in tears about yeah. the impact this would have on them because it wasn't just that they had finally found something they were comfortable with and they were living for want of a better word, a normal life and were confident living that life with diabetes. But it's also the fact that if they wanted to change that, you know, they then had to find an extra, let's call it $5,000 per year, which of course then do you need to look for a new job or find a new raise or all these kinds of things that adults have to deal with. And, you know, they were then having to deal with the fact of what's best for my diabetes management versus what's best for me financially because I potentially can't deal with both. And I think these are the real stories that were happening right across the country, which, as you said, it was on Easter that we got Mm. these. Probably ironic that, you know, a lot of the people living with diabetes was shoving their face with chocolate on that day, Renza, um, that this announcement You say that very, very pointedly at me, Jack, and yes, um, But, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, Diabetes Australia is all about choice. We are wanting people with diabetes to have access, affordable access and and availability of the technology that works best for them. Now, look, there are 120-something thousand Australians with type 1 diabetes, and even if every single one of them could go and pick up a CGM, not everyone's going to want to because it's not for everybody. There is no one size fits all. There's no one piece of tech that people are all going to say, this is the right thing for me. And that's fine. But we want people to have the choice to find out what it is that works best for them and then to be able to access it, the right device for the right person at the right time and at the right price. And I think now we've finally got that. 150%. So my question to you, I mean, again, you read these sort of the big numbers in the the news, you know, call it the $32.50 or saving $5,000 a year or or whatever it might be. Um, Obviously, there are different types of CGM and different brands and all those kinds of things, and they all work differently. Um, Is this going to be limited to one certain type of CGM or is this any form of CGM? How does this work in terms of the ins and outs of it? Really great question. It's one of the questions that I think people have been asking most. Um, So at the moment, uh, there are three brands, if you like, of CGM and flash glucose monitoring in Australia. So there is the Freestyle Libre, there's the Dexcom, which is the G6 now, um, and Medtronic offerings as well. Um, And they will remain the offering. So again, it comes down to choice. And there there are a couple of reasons why that's important. Firstly, people should be able to access the devices that they think fit in best with their lives and that they're happy using and that they like the features of. But more and more, we're seeing that there are, um, you know, interoperability is such a big word these days in diabetes. So there are pumps that work with certain CGMs and to get the full functionality, you need to use a certain um, product. So thankfully, having access to whatever you know, the individual wants to use in, in consultation with a healthcare professional means that you'll be able to take advantage of that functionality in a, a hybrid closed loop system, for example, or whatever it is. So that's that's really important. And we were really pleased to see that again as part of, of, of our understanding of how this is moving forward. 
This I'm starting to think this is almost too good to be true. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for there to be a loophole or a catch of some description. The old saying, if it's too good to be true, it, it generally is. But So just to recap, um, and I know I'm almost potentially repeating myself, but That's on right. the surface, it looks like anyone with type 1 diabetes who has previously not been uh, eligible to have that access to the subsidised rate or the free CGM will now be able to access it for $32.50 per month. And they will have their choice of whichever CGM works best for them and it doesn't matter. And that is going to be ongoing commitment. That is what has been announced. So that's what we that that's what has been announced. There are media releases from both major parties so that you, so people can go online and have a look at what that looks like so that they can see that. Um, and that's certainly the information we have. And that is what we really, you know, that's what's going to happen. It, it is really, really good news. There's obviously a lot to be nutted out. So for things like, um, you know, it's the same as when the first iteration of the CGM initiative rolled out that, you know, people had to see a healthcare professional um, and have forms filled out. There will be processes that must, that will be put in place. So I can't tell you what they are, not because I'm keeping it as a secret, because we don't know. Um, and uh, But once we know, these are the sorts of things that are going to have to happen. And I think the other thing that we need to remember is that this isn't only about just thinking, I want a CGM, so I'm going to be able to go and get it. There's a whole heap that goes behind it, and that is also around education and training. Now, if you've used CGM before or you're using it now, having subsidised CGM, the, the difference is going to be that you get it from your pharmacy, that it's a lot cheaper and, you know, you might have a little bit of extra cash to buy a pair of shoes this month, right? So that's the, you know, that's that's going to be the difference. But there are going to be a lot of people who have never used it before. So there's going to be a lot of training in there. And that, I think, is something that we need to always also think about. So Diabetes Australia is actually, um, you know, we're advocating for part of our, um, I guess, election platform there is that we say, that we have to have some funding for education and training for our health professionals who are going to, you know, they'll, they'll be the ones who are delivering the training for the people who haven't used it yet. So that's also a really important thing to remember here is that it's not an isolated thing where you just walk down to the shop and you pick it up and you start using it because for a lot of people they are going to need health professional support to get up and running and then to be using it as best as they possibly can and getting the most out of it. There's no point in using this or any technology if you're not getting the most out of it and using it properly. And I say that as someone who I've been using an insulin pump for 21 years. For the first three years, I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't have the right education and training. It wasn't until I met a brilliant um, pump trainer who I'm pretty sure you've interviewed, Cheryl Steele, who actually taught me how to use it. And she said to me, you've just been pressing buttons, but you haven't actually been getting the most out of it. And yeah. You know, we don't want people doing that. We want people, we want this to make a real difference to their diabetes management, reduce the burden, yeah. make things better and easier. Absolutely. And we talk about having the access and, and the, the training, et cetera. We, we always say this isn't about just going and getting this because it's the coolest or it looks the best yeah, when you see right. someone on social yeah. media. You know, we, any changes that you make or anything with diabetes, whether it be diet or whether it be CGM or whatever, it's always we try and encourage people to make those decisions in collaboration with their diabetes care management team, Absolutely. your doctor and your endocrinologist and your educator and, and so on and so forth. But it's probably a good segue that you're talking about um, you know, that what we're hoping for is that that training is sort of funded because this isn't the only thing that Diabetes Australia is seeking from the governments in relation to CGM or, or the nine action plans from the governments. Is that correct? 
Yeah, look, that's right. And we have a whole election platform and um, I'm not going to bore you or everybody to go through all of the nine actions in depth, um, but there are four main areas. So perhaps we can just touch on those because I think that yes. that's, um, you know, that's super important. So the one of them is early detection and early intervention. So there's a really simple equation here. Early detection of diabetes, early treatment of diabetes and, the, you know, early detection of the right diabetes, early treatment and the right treatment, best outcomes. And we know that um, there are a lot of people who are misdiagnosed, so they are told the wrong diagnosis or that there are missed diagnoses. So, you know, if you spend enough time around a group of people with type 1 diabetes, you will hear stories of, and it's often in kids, but it's not only in kids because we know that type 1 diabetes can be diagnosed at any age, but of people who, um, you know, parents will be saying, I knew that my child wasn't well. I kept taking them back to the doctor. I kept taking them back to the doctor and I kept taking them back to the doctor. And um, though I was told, and there's a whole lot of different things. You know, it's a virus. Uh, it's growing pains. They're teething, whatever it might be, when in actual fact it's diabetes, but nobody has bothered to check for diabetes. So those miss, you know, a, a, a missed diagnosis can end up, can mean that um, somebody ends up very, very well, uh, a very, very unwell, I should say, in hospital. Um, in DKA, we, we want to stop that. We want early detection, early diagnosis and early intervention and treatment because we know that they're the best outcomes. So that's one. We're also looking at um, access to essential diabetes technology for at-risk groups. So here we are talking about CGM and there are certainly a lot of people in that, um, that you know, that, that we would say um, in that um, uh, people who haven't been eligible who would be certainly high risk. So that's certainly something that we're very pleased that we can say that we certainly have achieved that with um, an election promise there from both parties. We're also looking at how we can reduce the impact of diabetes-related complications. We know that diabetes-related complications can be devastating for people with diabetes. So we currently have a fabulous eye screening um, or uh, we, we have KeepSight, which is a recall and reminder system uh, to help people remember to get their eyes screened regularly. But we're looking at also establishing a, a diabetes kidney disease screening program because we don't have that now. Um, and we know that diabetes is the leading cause of end-stage um, kidney disease. So early detection. It reduces hospitalizations and dialysis, early detection, right treatment, best outcomes. It's, it is just this recurring thing that we keep saying. Um, and then also um, supporting Australia's most vulnerable communities because, again, you know, we can say that diabetes doesn't discriminate and it absolutely doesn't. It will, you know, anybody can, can be diagnosed with diabetes. However, we do know that as with everything, um, the most vulnerable communities are disproportionately affected. So we're talking about looking at a pilot, um, a diabetes in aged care pilot, and that's something that we really think is super important because we know that one in five people in residential aged care have diabetes, um, and unfortunately the, the care that they're getting isn't necessarily what it needs to be because there aren't people who necessarily understand that the, the train the workers haven't been trained necessarily in diabetes care so we're looking at that um, and then also we're looking at a program delivered in partnership with the Queensland Aboriginal and Islander Health Council um, to support um, it was actually to look looking at how we can really break the intergenerational cycle of type 2 diabetes in um, in four specific First Nations communities so there's a lot in there um, and, you know, I, I think that the thing to remember is that that's our platform. It's all, it's online for everyone to see, but we don't only advocate for these sorts of things at election time. 
every single one of these things that's on our platform is on our agenda all the time. It is part of our advocacy all the time. Um, but it is really great to be able to speak about it and to shine a light on diabetes when, um, you know, every, all politicians are throwing money around, but, uh, you know, trying to win votes. And now is a really good time to remember that diabetes impacts so many people in Australia and it needs more funding. Yes, no doubt about that. And I will get to the funding very, very shortly towards the end as well um, and where you can fund and how you can or donate and how you can donate as well. But before yeah. that, I think it's just worth recapping on, on what we've talked about. Obviously, you've just gone through sort of the um, the four the four key areas um, and I guess there's probably more in-depth, as you said, you can go online or you can speak to diabetes, whichever your you know, Diabetes Vic website or whoever it is that you want to yeah. speak with this about. But I just need to go back because I said it seems too good to be true and I, I sort of, I'm still almost speechless on this, Renz, because sometimes I think what happens, you hear so many things on the news and let's be honest these days, the news is all about grabbing headlines and grabbing your attention. And oh, yeah. Almost yep. weekly, there's something about a diabetes breakthrough and this and that and I've pretty much stopped listening because it ends up being nothing. It ends up being false hope and I sometimes just, just tell me when there's something that actually applies to me. So, other than the headlines, I didn't really look into this, to be honest. I have to admit. But what you're saying to me, this is actually as good as it is being promoted. And it is going to be that as of the 1st of July, we hope that's the date that's been thrown around, but yet to be confirmed. Any Australian living with type 1 diabetes, um, whether they've previously been subsidised or not for CGM, will now, will now be able to access one for $32.50 per month. The people who were previously subsidised and not have to pay for it, that doesn't change. And we don't know the actual system itself yet, but it will be something along the lines of filling out forms and speaking to your doctor and getting those kinds of licences or checks or, you know, ticking the boxes, if you will. And you have the right to choose whichever CGM technology you want and whichever one suits you for whether it be convenience, whether it be for to work with a pump or other technology that you have, and that is as simple, or not as simple, but that is as real as it gets. That's what we've been promised. That's very much the high-level promise that has been made by the Coalition and matched by the ALP and supported by the Greens. So that's what we're working on. Um, as I said, the detail obviously um, happens once. You know, there is always a political process and then there will be yeah. the process that we have to go through to be able to actually access it. Um, and, look, I will say that, you know, we have the NDSS in Australia Um Think back, and if people can remember when they were diagnosed, to, to get access to the NDSS, you had to have a health professional fill out that form to say what sort of diabetes you had. Um, there are always checks and balances in place to make sure that you are getting um, and that you are, are eligible for whatever it is that you're getting. So even if you're using an insulin pump, uh, uh, you have to have uh, a and, you know, if people have been pumping for a while, as I have, but when, I mean, I can remember when insulin pump consumables came on the NDSS, which was back in 2004, we had to go through a similar process then as well. It was a budget announcement, exactly the same thing. It was a budget announcement and then... Um, and then, you know, there was a date set and then we still had to get forms filled in by a health professional. So it's going to be something similar. I would urge people to be patient because the detail will be released in due course, but we're not going to have answers on, you know, the 23rd, the first, you know, the Monday after the election, the 23rd of May. We're not going to have answers then. But the announcement was made for the 1st of July. We need to wait and see how that plays out. But it is going to happen and I think that we should be excited about that. We absolutely should. I've got to say, I'm disappointed that you don't get excited every time a mouse is cured 
from diabetes <laughs> in some research because surely isn't that what you know that's exciting too it is exciting, but I must admit, I try and stay away from the news in general, Renzo. It's just hearing about how bad the world is these days. Um, but I just want to go back to, we were talking about the importance of funding as well. Yes. Um, and before before we wrap up, I mean, when I'm checking my blood glucose levels or calculating my bolus, it, it's sometimes easy to forget just how much time and effort goes into research di- researching diabetes and these amazing things that we have and how different times are. But it also means that I sometimes can't imagine how different my life would look if I was born at a different time. And Diabetes Victoria is undertaking world-class medical research to find less invasive treatments and ultimately a cure for diabetes, which is the dream that we all have. Um, And there's 90 Victorians diagnosed every day with diabetes. Um, This research can be life-changing for so many people, not only the people that are diagnosed with it, but the people who live with them, their partners, their families, their parents, their children, you name it. And if you'd like to help support the people living with diabetes, please consider donating because this research really does help. It really does matter. We are seeing awesome things time and time again. So please donate to Diabetes Victoria's Appeal before the 30th of June. So to do that, jump online at diabetesvic.org.au forward slash donate. I'll say that again, diabetesvic.org.au forward slash donate or call 1300 437 386. Once again, I'll repeat that, 1300 437 386 and donate today because myself, all those at Diabetes Victoria and anyone affected slash living with diabetes, not only in Victoria, but across Australia, really do appreciate and thank you for your support. And speaking of thanks, Renza Shabilia, I know that you're a very busy person at this time of year and, uh, uh, you know, it's very hard to get a hold of you, but it's always great talking to you. And I think you've been so clear with with what we've got and, and this awesome and exciting announcement and what it actually means just beyond the headlines. Look, you're very welcome. I will, I'm always happy to have a chat. And I will just say that, you know, research gives us hope and that is just something that's so important. But research also gave us insulin and we're celebrating mm-hmm. the centenary of insulin. And so, you know, urging people if they can to donate um, to research is just so critically important. And, um, you know, if, if people can pop their hand in their pocket and make a donation because who knows when the next massive breakthrough is going to come through. But everything that we have today that makes our lives easier or keeps us alive, that's come through research. It, it does give us hope and it, it, it saves lives. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such an important cause. Yeah, I completely agree. Once again, Renza, thank you so much. And thank you not only to you, but Diabetes Australia, everyone that you previously mentioned for advocating for this awesome announcement. I mean, it is so exciting. It will change the lives of thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of Australians. So to those of you living out there living with diabetes, I mean, I can't wait for July 1, if that is the date that it happens, because, uh, yeah, we've advocated hard for this. And I think it's time we got a bit of luck and, and we deserve it, Renza. I totally agree. It's always good to have a good news story in diabetes. Without doubt. And that's a great way to finish. And thank you once again for joining us on the official Diabetes Victoria podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like to contact us, it's very easy. Simply send an email to podcasts at diabetesvic.org.au. Or, of course, all the information you'll need is on the website, diabetesvic.org.au.